What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Release the Eight podcast. Bo Cresetto here, um, joined with Lince and Daniel, like always. And uh, sorry for the last two weeks that we've been off. Mm-hmm. We had a crazy hurricane. I'm sure you all have been seeing the news come through South Louisiana. Um, my family was totally affected. We were out of power for over a week. Um, no damage to our house. Um, but mm-hmm. many people around us did take on damage. Um, campuses that we work with took on damage. Uh, the craziest thing that I had to do during the week was hunt for gas to keep the generator running. And, you know, some days it took three or four hours to find gas because many of the gas stations weren't even um, powered up. And so that was my first major hurricane. Um, Luckily I have loving neighbors and I've built a lot of relationships. So they helped us, but um, obviously we couldn't film a podcast. I didn't even have cell service for many days, let alone power. So um, oh my goodness. Thanks for being patient. Yeah. Yeah, Bo, man. I, I mean, it, that was crazy to think that you, your family went through that. I mean, when we were watching it on the news, that storm seemed to be, was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and coming straight to Louisiana. And then like, um, you know, it was just crazy. I mean, to know that you guys are there and like millions of people without power. I'm glad you all are okay. And then that storm just went Northeast and like, it just did some crazy damage and, new york and we reached out to friends out there so we're praying everyone in the release the ape community is doing well and um you know post storm and all of that but uh bo especially i'm glad that you're doing okay man so that's good news good news brother good news news. so um anyways yeah thank you for all your prayers thank you for those that reached out um super excited to be back today and we're going to talk about the role of the evangelist today I'm super excited about this one. It's one of my main functions is an evangelist. And um, really to to frame up our conversation today, uh, we are living in a culture right now over the last couple of years that is hysterical around bad news and fake news. Um, If you just think about the ways that you are in conversation with your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, or if you think about what you're looking at online, maybe some of you even posting online, it's just a lot of bad news or fake news. I mean, we're concerned about many things, which Linson is going to dive into here in just a minute. But the question that's on our mind today is what does good news look like today? I mean, the evangelist is charged with bringing good news. The evangelist is charged with winning people to Christ, winning people into the kingdom of God with the good news, with the gospel. And Lince and I are just super concerned that we've lost track of what that good news is, not only generally speaking, but contextualized for this day and age. Like, what does good news spoken into our culture look like now? I think we've become way more aware and comfortable with bad news and fake news. And so today we're going to talk about that. How have we gotten there? What's going on? And then what is the pathway forward? We hope you leave this conversation more energized, more imaginative have some ideas about the pathway forward to actually speak and proclaim good news to equip your church, your teams, your leaders, because we've become really lame lately with regards to speaking good news. And so, yeah, Linton, bring us into that further. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the kinds of the kind of world that we're living in, Bo, like natural disasters, kind of like political strife, racial turmoil, Gen Z with, uh, you know, being more and more aware of the kind of like mental and mental issues, anxiety, fear. I mean, it's a, you know, how else to say it is a dangerous, tumultuous world. 
And what happens to human beings in that kind of world is it produces fear. And when, when fear grips humans, right, we seek control. And when we, when we go into that circle, uh, you know, we, we, you know, lots of things conjure up in a, inside of a person, like lots of things come to the surface. Like one, you know, we realize how little control we actually have. Right. And that is like really bad news for a lot of us. It might've been reality always, but it's, it's hitting us as bad news. Um, we feel shame. Like we don't know where we fit in to what's happening in the world. Some of us feel like the world's moving so fast. Like people might ask us, where, where do you stand on this one issue? And you feel shameful. Like you don't even know what the issue is. Like you don't even know what the latest hashtag was. Right. Or you're feeling shame that, um, that, you know, you're, you're feeling overlooked or, or, or feeling like uh, disconnected from people. Um, and then fear. I mean, there's a ridiculous amount of fear in, in, in our society right now. And so here's the weird thing, Bo. We have tons of information in society right now. So we're learning that information doesn't make us the fear go away. Information doesn't make the anxiety go away. Uh, information doesn't make, doesn't give us control back like we thought it would. But when you have all this information coming your way in the form of bad news, and now we have this kind of fake news idea, uh, the evangelist now wonders, what's their channel? Like, mm -hmm. I, I realize that people feel a lack of control. They feel anxious. They're feeling afraid. They're feeling shameful. But like, if you're coming down the same channels as all this other noise and information, like, how will people be able to like respond to you? Like, you're just going to be another form of bad news or fake news uh, to your neighbors um, and people around you if, uh, you know, if, if, we, if we take up the same space. Does that make sense? You know, yeah, it's a challenge. Like when, I'm, when I'm hearing you talk, like what, what's resonating in my spirit right now is that the last year and a half is conditioned us to become evangelists for bad news or fake news. Mm. Um, I've seen an uprise and an uproar, a boldness in people to just talk about what's bad, to, to talk about what's wrong. Some of these things are totally appropriate to talk about, you know, uh, mm -hmm. also. So I want to make very clear, we're not saying we shouldn't talk about COVID or racial realities or, um, things that truly are hard and difficult in our culture. We're going to get into that in the profit, um, conversation at some point, totally appropriate, but it still remains true that. When we like, just take, for example, when I get together with my neighbors, a lot of times we have like happy hours on the weekends and we get together. People are so quick to talk about, can you believe what this president said or didn't say? Can you believe this protest? Can you believe this police brutality? Can you believe what's going on with COVID? Can you believe they, they're doing this with masks or they're not doing this with masks? Or can you believe I can't go to the game unless I have a mm -hmm. vaccine? Like we have become so bold and willing to talk about the mm. hard or negative things in our culture and whether they're right or wrong, we just get stirred up. We get anxious, we mm. get freaked out. And I'm sitting here realizing, I don't know how to talk about Jesus. Well, in this, I don't know how to talk mm. about good news. Well, in this, or, or it feels like trite. It feels like cliche. If someone's all fired up because they got to wear a mask um, or they're all mm -hmm. fired up because people aren't getting vaccinated. And I come in, I'm like, well, have you considered Jesus? <laughs> this feels like, bro, get that Jesus guy out of here. The guy's not even relevant right now. Are you listening to me? Like my uncle's in the ICU. And 
you know, I, I'm not making light of any of this. I'm like, we, I think we're losing our ability to speak good news of, of the gospel in these really hard and emotionally and even life threatening situations. Mm-hmm. And we got to be better at this. Like we have yeah. got to equip the church to talk well about Jesus in the most heated conversations, topics, and environments. Man, that's really good. I mean, man, that you made that so real. I feel the same way with people at our church. Like, I feel weird bringing, I mean, why? I don't know. It's great to confess this. Now we're confessing it to YouTube. But the feeling that you feel weird bringing Jesus up, that should never be the case. Like, Jesus has a a way of getting into all kinds of the nitty gritty of, of life. You know, he, he's never distanced himself from difficulty. He's never distanced himself from hurt or pain. I mean, Jesus was always in the margin, always in the pain, always those that felt down, uh, downcast or downtrodden. He never ran roughshod over uh, people's pain, you know, and, but when people are feeling pain and bad news, we don't want to bring Jesus into it. Man, Bo, I wonder if it's um, our society might be addicted to bad news like there there's like a, a there's like a dark longing to hear bad news and, and to hear fake news and um you know when i when i talk to young people at our in my church and, and others I, I i find that some people don't want the news only they want people to make meaning out of the news so like i'm i you know i might talk about like say cnn you know some people don't like cnn because it's it's the news but they're making their own meaning out of the news and fox news it's like that's not the news. They're making meaning out of the news and it, it it's, it's ramping up people's anxiety. And, and from, for both, it's always bad news. You know, they're, they're making meaning out of the bad news. And then for some, they don't watch either. They, they watch the comedian. They get their, all their news from like Trevor Noah or from, you know, the, the, the latest late night comedian. And the, they're doing the same thing. They're telling you the news, but they're making meaning out of the news. But we, as, uh, as a people, or in, at least in America, we're addicted to how they make meaning out of all the bad news, right? And so I wonder if there's a doorway there for the evangelists, you know, to say, hey, I know we're losing control. I know we don't, I know that you're full of anxiety, you're filled with fear. Uh, I know you feel shame, but maybe through Jesus, we can make meaning out of it, you know? I mean, and, yeah. you know, Bo, I, I've been really inspired by a lot of the things that you've done around evangelism. I mean, those you don't know, Bo's book, Beyond Awkward, I've read it, loved it. If you haven't bought it before, you can. And maybe it's a shameless plug, Bo. Sorry for bringing up your book like that. But if you if you haven't got it, please look it up. But Bo, what do you think? I mean, as an evangelist, I feel like I have to train myself to be an evangelist, but I feel like you just are an evangelist often. So what do you think about what I'm saying? I mean, I agree. I, I think a couple of things. First, I just want to say, hey, we're just new into this YouTube journey, but leave us some comments uh, below the <laughs> YouTube video. Like, what, what do you guys think? What do you girls think? Like, what, what are you seeing as the problem with evangelism right now? Um, because you probably have some great thoughts and we want to interact with you. So, so put them down there and, and we can respond in the comments uh, as well. Um, I, I think there is an addiction uh, to bad news. Uh, for some, there is addiction to fake news. Mm. Um, I, I think um, we've become emboldened to share what's bothering us, which in some mm. respects is good, but I'm just paying attention to people talking about 
what's bothering them in culture more than I can remember. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I'm thinking as an evangelist is like, okay, why are we not talking about Jesus as much as we're talking about what's bothering us? Why are we not encouraging people to put their hope in God or to find their peace in Jesus um, when we have an option to talk about that or the, the things that are happening in culture? And so what it, what it comes down to me, and, and maybe we can start turning our conversation towards that, is I don't think we know what good news is right now. I don't oh, think we know how to talk about it well. Like, I think if someone is sharing about their frustration with racial strife um, or they're sharing their frustration with police brutality, or maybe you're, you're on the side of police and you're like, I'm frustrated how police are being treated mm-hmm. or they're sharing their frustration with COVID and masks and the way they're doing schools or vaccine, all the stuff I mentioned, it feels trite, I think, intuitively for the everyday Christian to be like, well, you know, Jesus died for your sins and he rose from the dead. And so you can be saved. It's like, okay, that gospel message does not work in that conversation. Mm. Like I can go Mm. back to the things I'm talking about with my neighbors or the things I'm talking about with students on campus that are super loaded on both sides of the aisle politically. The gospel that says Jesus uh, lived, died, rose again, and will return feels like that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. um, in this conversation. And so what I would say as an evangelist is it absolutely does make sense, but we need the right encasing. We need the right metaphors. We Mm. we don't have current metaphors of atonement of the gospel that are helpful in today's culture. We can't just talk about penal substitution, which means Jesus died for the guilt of our sins. That doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense when the felt need is um, fear or anxiety, which is what we're dealing with right now. I'm fearful uh, because of the racial realities. I'm fearful because I'm a policeman. I'm fearful because of COVID. I'm fearful because you're taking away my rights and making me get vaccinated or wear a mask. It's fear on both sides um, being manifest differently and with different spirits, but it's fear. So if we need a, we need a metaphor, we need an atonement metaphor, a gospel message that speaks into the fear Mm -hmm. Um, and penal substitution doesn't do that. So intuitively people are like, I'm not going to share the gospel. I'm not going to talk about Jesus because all I've heard is that I need to have my sins forgiven on the cross to be saved. And then that doesn't make sense in this moment. So that's where I go as an evangelist. I'm like, we need to start talking about different metaphors that help people realize how Jesus meets them in their need right now, why he's good news. So when you hear me say that, like, how's that grab you? Yeah, that's probably, that's exactly right. You know, you, you remind me of, of a book, uh, man, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, uh, but oh, basically uh, Scott McKnight, uh, uh, community called atonement. No, 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 uh, man. I'll, I'll, we'll link it in the show notes, but basically it's the idea that there are, uh, that the world experiences the different facets of the gospel differently. And here in America, we really are in the guilt, innocence rubric. And so when we keep talking about you're guilty, Jesus wants to forgive your sins so you can be made, uh, innocent, that guilt, innocence rubric doesn't really answer all these other huge questions that we have in society. But, but other parts of the world, um, the gospel propagates not down the guilt, innocence. It doesn't, it doesn't reverberate in that. So, uh, you know, other parts of the world, it's power and fear. Um, so I'm afraid. So I 
and I don't have the power. I, I need someone who is powerful to trust in, you know? And, mm. and I wonder if there are evangelists from other parts of the world that work in the power fear rubric, especially like in places like Africa and India, you know, that where there is like a myst- mystical nature to things, you know, and there's something that's supernatural. And, and so those evangelists might help us understand the fear that we are feeling. And the other aspect, and we touched on this, and you've talked to me about this too, Bo, is, 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 um, is, uh, is, is the dynamic between honor and shame, you know? So there is some kind of shame that we are carrying inside of us that we feel like, like I'm angry at the world, but I'm also angry at myself. Um, and, and there's shame there. And we don't know which group to belong to. The reason why we want to belong to a group is because we want to be honored by that group, right? And so when we feel when we feel put down on Facebook or someone's making fun of us and we feel that shame, we want to retreat into a group that will restore our honor again. Um, and our, our, our gospel understanding of like, you're bad and Jesus wants to forgive you so you can be good or innocent doesn't deal with the shame and the honor aspect of it, which is really got um, a lot of communal communal cultures all over the world resonate with the honor shame dynamic. So you know what I'm saying, Bo. So like I do think like this idea of penal substitution fits in one rubric. We keep preaching that it makes no guilt sense. innocence. Yeah, guilt innocence. It just doesn't make sense to people. So how can we be evangelists that are now exploring not just like the bridge diagram or you know. Um, you know, the Romans road, all those things are biblical, but how do we learn to be more nuanced in our approach to say, actually, I noticed that you're fearful. Can I introduce you, uh, you know, to someone who can bind the strong man, you know? Mm. And they're like, really? Somebody can do that? Yes. Somebody can come into your life. Can I introduce you to Jesus that says, peace, be still. And every single storm obeys him not Mm. you and not your control, you know, or can I introduce you to someone that says, you know, you're not estranged. You're not orphaned anymore. I don't, even if your mother and father forsake you, you will still be loved by God. Even if you're, you're a cool kids group that is all thinking one way and you're like, I don't really believe in that anymore. And you feel alone. You're never orphaned when you're in the kingdom of God, when God is your father. Jesus Christ is your elder brother, right? You're a part of a family. You've now taken on his last name. I wonder if those like gospel messages will do something to people. Well, they'll feel like, man, God, Jesus is the strong man or Jesus is my elder brother, you know, and he's coming to take my shame away. He's coming to bind the fear, you know, Um, and I wonder Mm -hmm. if that does something to people. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think that book's called uh, Gospel Through Different Lenses or something. Yes, um, yeah. While you're talking, I'll so, look it up. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's beautiful. Um, I, think you're, I think you're right on, man. I think, well, let me just say this too, because we, we do have lots of followers from around the world mm. um, and you don't know us very well. So I want to make very clearly that we believe in uh, penal substitution. <laughs> we believe... <laughs> that the only way to the father is through Jesus Christ. We have to have our sins forgiven. Um, Jesus buries our sin in the grave. When he rises from dead, he gives us the power to life and he gives us the Holy spirit. Like there is no way to have our guilt um, taken away, but through the cross and through the forgiveness of our sins. And, and we need it. We stand guilty before God. So I want to make very clear. We believe 
in that atonement reality and that atonement metaphor. Um, so no one misunderstands us. What we're saying is that that's not the best metaphor for where most people are sitting in our culture today. If someone is not feeling guilty for their sin, um, the atonement metaphor of guilt and innocence is not the most helpful one. See, atonement means uh, what happened on the cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? How did he atone for our sins, right? Well, there's many things he did on that cross, not just forgive us of our sins. He also brought us honor when we were ashamed, or he brought us power in our powerlessness, or he brought us um, love in our fear. And so what Linson and I are trying to get at right now is in a culture or a world that is really scared and anxious because mm -hmm. of COVID um, or really scared and anxious because of racial tensions um, or really scared and anxious because of financial strife, um, losing jobs or disruption. How about just, just life has been disrupted. So now I'm anxious, I'm unsure, um, nothing feels normal. Um, in those realities, anxiety, fear, mm -hmm. scarcity, um, we need a gospel that speaks right into that. Um, guilt and shame, I mean, sorry, guilt and innocence doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. It misses the mark. Mm -hmm. It misses the mark. And so maybe that's what you need to argue with us in the comments. So mm -hmm. I love when you're talking about, let's, let's take each one of these for a minute and talk about it in our podcast. Like let's almost even role play it a little or think mm -hmm. about real life scenarios in our life. Okay. If you've got, um, if you're talking to people that are very concerned, are very scared about COVID, like, um, I don't want my kids going to school because I don't want them getting infected. Or like, I don't want to go on that work trip because I don't want to catch COVID or like, I'm so scared that I'm going to catch it and give it to my family. And, and again, we're making no light of this. Like this is a mm -hmm. type of person that is like, I'm really scared of it. I'm almost paralyzed. This thing is deadly. It's viral. What is good news to them? What in a loving way, if you're going to talk to them about Jesus and you're going to, you're going to bring them into the good news and help them maybe even start a relationship with Jesus or anchor their life in Jesus in a new way, what is good news to that person? Right. I mean, because because guilt, innocence almost feels tangential or it doesn't even fit in the idea of that person. Right. It would be like, like, I'm afraid. Well, you know what? You know, you know, Jesus came and he forgave you of your sins. And you're like, right. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's actually true. But the redemptive work of the cross is more comprehensive than that, right? There's something that happens to an individual when they, when they understand who Jesus is. It's uh, all of Jesus's parables, right? Uh, hint to what the kingdom of God is, right? You know, are you building your house on rock or on sand? You know, are you a tree that bears good or bad fruit? You know, are you, um, are you a, a servant of the kingdom of God? Or are you one of the people that don't trust in the, the king, you know, the power of the king and you want to overthrow him? All of these parables are trying to show the people that there is a kingdom and a king that is in control of a situation of, of the situations of the kingdoms of this world, right? And so when Jesus Christ uh, dies on the cross and 
he is resurrected. For some of us, we could say that was the ultimate coronation of him becoming thwarting the plans of the evil one, vanquishing the evil one or starting the process of that vanquishing that makes him totally in control. So right. I, I don't know if we you will catch COVID or not. I don't know if you and I will die of COVID or not. But one thing I do know is Jesus Christ is a total control of this reality, you know? And um, so maybe, so- maybe the storm passages, like mm-hmm. just even trying to, to bring this a little more practically for our, our listeners, like with that person, that archetype of a person, like, mm-hmm. hey, what does it mean that life, the, the storm is chaotic on, on the waters? I mean, the sea, right, is a metaphor for just the universe, the power of the universe right now. COVID feels like it's powerfully out of control. Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Um, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to have a God that's with you that is unconcerned, even frustratingly so, because he knows where we're going or wow. what, or, or the, or the other water, uh, pair or not parables, but narratives of Jesus comes walking out to them in the storm wow. and they don't even recognize Jesus. They think he's a ghost, but when they hear his voice, Man, they let them in and they get to the side. So to that person, right? The good news is you may not even be able to see, you may not even be able to recognize God. You're freaking out. Life's out of control. Mm. And I can't even promise you the storm will stop. But if you can hear God's voice, he will bring peace to your heart. He can come into your boat, into your life. He can navigate these waters with you. Like that person needs to know, don't freak out on your own. Don't just do life on your own. Don't become controlling. Don't become isolated. Don't let fear overtake you. Let Jesus reign. Let Jesus rule. Let the the peace of Jesus, the kind that sleeps in the middle of the storm, come in. Um, Let him come into you from the side of the storm and get into your boat. Like you, that person, the good news is you do not have to let fear overtake your life. You can let the peace of Jesus overtake your life. And that doesn't mean everything's solved. And that doesn't mean everything's going to get better, but you can know the peace of God. You can fight for the peace of God in your life. And I can show you how to do that. And the reason you can is because Jesus did die on the cross for the fear of the world. And he did rise from the dead to give us power over fear, power over circumstance so that we can have a supernatural peace, which is his presence, which is his Holy spirit. So even if COVID doesn't ever go away, like some people are saying in the news, it's going to be forever. You Mm -hmm. can live with a peace that doesn't paralyze you to your fear. There you go, man. That's amazing. I love that. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's bringing peace to my heart right now to be like, man, we we got to fight for that. Right. Then we got to meditate on those. We got to remind each other of those. Like that's a different gospel than romans wrote um it's the same gospel it's a different metaphor i should say it's a different scott mcknight would say it's a different club in the golf bag um (laughs) it's still a club so let's keep moving like let's take the other side of uh, the other archetype oh like there's a big tiktok trend right now uh um I, i can't get the exact words but it's it's this preacher saying god will keep me God will do this. And people are saying like, if he takes me from COVID, that's fine. If he keeps me from COVID, that's fine. And there's this kind of sense of like, you know, COVID's out there. It ain't stopping me. I'm going to do my thing. If I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Like the person who's just not worried about it. 
Um, and again, this is not commentary on uh, me commentating off. I think that's right or wrong. It's just saying if that person is in your life, um, some of those people are at my happy hours. Um, they're in my region of, of, the, wor of, of the world in South Louisiana. Um, people I love. Um, I'm not concerned. God, what a bunch of idiots. These people that are so nervous and want to wear masks and do vaccines and like live your life. Like, don't, don't you know that um, you're going to be fine? Like, what, what's the good news to that person? Mm -hmm. um, how do how do we speak the gospel to them like that that's a challenging one to me um do you yeah. have any thoughts on that or, i mean i could keep talking yeah. but do you no have any thoughts no. on what do you say to that person because this is where rubber meets the road with why we get silent in that situation or if we agree with them we just start going on in that same rift mm -hmm. instead of going hey have you ever considered that maybe god has a different narrative and this is what it is yeah, I mean, that that's a, you know, we could even try to see if the honor shame rubric helps, you know, in, in a situation like that, where someone, you know, here's the bad thing about social media, it either makes somebody overly zealous and prideful, uh, because you're a keyboard warrior, you know, you, you don't feel the intensity of being in the warmth of someone's presence, you know, so you become overzealous, you become prideful, or you're so much comparison overtakes you that you don't think you're as good as that person. You're not as eloquent as that person. You don't have their life together like that. And you, you put yourself down, right? And, you're, and both of those is a, a misunderstanding of who you are. And so then we take that into the real world with our overzealous behavior or our, our, our sense of, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, 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 feel, uh, I feel like I'm not worthy or whatever. So what happens is in, in, in that, situation the gospel message is if you feel that you are so powerful and you have it all put together your calling is downward you're invincible yeah yeah you, you have an invincible your calling now is down right dying to yourself how can i invite more people into what the lord has given me how can i it's the rich young ruler I've got it all put together. And Jesus says, oh, I love you, but you lack one thing, you know? And, you know, it, it, it's the sense of just releasing, you know? And if you are on the opposite side of that, where you feel like, you know, I can't fight this person. He's just full of all this knowledge. And he's so, um, you know, like got it all together. You're, you're calling there is to be emboldened by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, is that, mm. That, mm. you know, that, that you don't have to feel shame in that aspect. In fact, this brother is someone you can win into the kingdom of God by helping them see that, yes, our relationship is not to the, the information that we have. Our relationship is to the fact that Jesus is our elder brother, you know, both of our elder brothers. You know, I, I think there could be a doorway there that, that's new and fresh for someone to see, you know. Uh, because of Jesus's death, I, I'm a call downward. And because of Jesus's ascension, I have a call upward. I have, a, I have a dignity that has been brought into my life. Christ died and rose from the dead for me. There's an honoring that happens in that. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, th I think that's good. I'm, I'm also thinking about that person quickly, um, like, moves into a, a place of of complaining about all of the mm. uh, 
red tape that's around them. Like, gosh, I got to wear a mask. Gosh, I got to get a vaccine if I'm going to do this. You know, like there's all of these annoyances because Mm -hmm. everyone's so worried and we've become so soft as a culture. Um, Like, oh, this is so annoying. And so I'm wondering if there's a invitation, it's a more confrontational um, evangelistic stance, but I wonder if there's an invitation to um, uh, surrender preferences. Um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's like, hey, your life is not your own. Um, Your life is Christ. He's bought it at a price. So like to your point of downward uh, mobility, what does it mean to serve? What does it mean to be a team player? What does it mean to Hmm. um, meet people where they are? And I'm not saying you have to get the vaccine or anything like that. That's not what I mean, team player, but like, even if you disagree, you don't have to be a complainer. You don't have to be um, putting down. I, I also wonder if there's fear wrapped up in that. So it's a different side of the coin, but like, why is this bothering you so much? Mm-hmm. Like, where is your security? Where's your identity? Like, again, and all of this takes great relationship, but mm-hmm. where's your security? Where's your identity? Like, you're so worked up about this. Like, if you know God and you, and you know, he's in control, he's in your boat also. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you need to fight every one of these battles? Why do you need mm. to be so annoyed? Why do you need to be, um, make sure everyone knows why you're right? Like, who are you trusting in? Like what, what, what is threatening your worldview? What, why is it so fragile that if you don't win this battle, you're going to lose the war? Like there is a greater war. Um, and there's Man, a greater uh, general in charge. And so that takes a lot of confrontation and relationship. Yeah. But again, as an evangelist, sometimes we might need to say that. And and pro- prophetically, too, it bleeds into the prophet. Um, let's yeah. talk a little more. Like, dude, we can go on all day. Talk yeah. a little bit more about what are some helpful, like, scriptures or language. Like, I want to kick it back to what you brought up earlier around like power and fear and honor and shame. Like if we, I don't want us to get too narrow um, on COVID archetypes um, because depending where you're watching this around the world, you could be dealing with so many other things um, besides that. But if people are in fear right now, um, they need a gospel that is about power. So where does your mind go, Linton, with like language or um, gospel stories that would, would be good news of power and the, the, the reality of Jesus' power in fear. Or um, if people are dealing with shame, like Gen Z, anyone 25 and younger right now, I, I believe a huge felt need is shame. Like they just are walking mm-hmm. around feeling like something's not right with them. Mm-hmm. And they need a gospel message of honor. Um, you can be honored. Um, by your father in heaven and like the good news is there's like what kind of language comes to you for them or um gospel narratives or scriptures because i think if we just stayed in those lanes power into fear um honor into shame we could speak life and good news into so many people's lives and it doesn't really matter which particular thing they're fighting or battling it's like, let me speak this word of good news of power. Let me speak this word of good news, honor. Um, give us some language. Give us some uh, scriptures that just come off the top of your head. And then, and then I'll do the same. And then we can start to wrap up. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to talk about some scripture, but man, you you said a couple of things that I got I'm chewing on. I mean, okay, it's this, it's this idea of uh, a surrender, man. Like when you are afraid, the last thing you want to do is surrender to somebody else. Mm. And mm. but what if that's the way out of it? It's like I'm, I'm going to surrender to the guy that sleeps in the storm. I'm going to surrender to the guy that walks on the storm and it surrendering. Makes me think, not to inter- sorry to interrupt yeah. you can go right back to it. It makes me think of the image of someone that's drowning and a lifeguard trying to rescue them. And they always say yeah. the best thing to do is surrender to that lifeguard. Cause if you're yeah. fighting them, they can't get you in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Keep going. And, and, and the, 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 cause the, 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 the thing that will go wrong with, and this is probably why some people will be, give us some feedback here is when we talk about telling people about power, it is not ours. It is power. The gospel that, that causes that out of fear it, because of power is not ours. It is in Christ. It is his power. So the call there is to surrender to the power of Christ, to stop using your own power and your own tools to combat the fear. It is to surrender to the power of Jesus Christ. And um, all, you know, Ephesians is a beautiful book that shows you that that, it is Christ that is in charge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, and even when you think of spiritual warfare, we're not fighting. We're only standing. We're only standing firm, you know, um, knowing that. And so when you're in front of fear, how do you trust that it surrender, that it is Christ that, that goes before you? It is Christ's power. So and then the, the opposite or, or the, the other frame around honor and shame is actually the word surrender to. But it's uh, almost a, a surrender, a surrendering to the will of God through the community around you. It's to say, mm-hmm. you know, I realize that you and I see differently, Bo, but I, 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 I surrender this argument because I, it's all under submission unto the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our elder brother, and he he's a, a and God the Father is sovereign. He has poured out his, his uh, spiritual blessings, lavished them upon me and you. And um, I surrender. Like I put down, I put down this argument between me and you, right? Um, and I wonder what winsome doorways does that create when we say it's it's surrendering to Jesus, but that means surrendering to my brother, understanding and hearing my brother. Under you know, and I know reconciliation is is a dirty word nowadays, but what if that was the doorway to be like I I, I surrender my argument to hear and understand you better because that is that is the gospel that that is that is what christ did he he surrendered you know and that's our call too so there's something here i have to keep teasing it out in my head here but surrendering to christ let let me let me rift on that dude that's powerful so um second timothy 1 7 right very Mm -hmm. famous verse uh for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power Mm -hmm. and of love and of instruction or of sound mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So that whole idea of spirit of fear versus a spirit of power and of love. And I love that idea. We're talking about of surrender. I think the good news, I I mean, shoot, I wish we could stop the recording and just start right here uh, (laughs) because I think the good news in this season is surrender. Yeah, man. It's actually a great word that is counterintuitive to surrender make, when you are full thing. of fear or yeah. full of shame feels like I, you said it really well. Like that is ridiculous. Like I'm not surrendering. No, but if you surrender, 
God can fill you with this spirit of power and of love. The power of God and the power of what is that power? Well, Ephesians 1 says that power is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Would you like a power in your life that actually raised a dead person to life? <laughs> Would you like the power of the Holy Spirit in your life that can bring peace, joy, right? Gentleness, all those fruits of the Spirit. Um, you have to surrender to receive that power. Surrender to your fear. Surrender to your controls. Uh, from your fears, from your control, surrender to Jesus. So if you take mm -hmm. that over to the honor, shame one, yeah. where I would go is surrender. And I'll give a practical example in, in my own life. You have to actually surrender to the love of the father. Like mm. if you are feeling ashamed and insecure and no one loves you and there's something wrong with you and you're defective, you actually have to make the choice to surrender to a greater love. You have to surrender mm to the father you have to surrender to his love and so we're dealing with a, a minor thing with my son getting picked on at school um oh. I, I put i put online about his hair like he's got really cool curly hair but people are picking on him like they keep saying why do you have a perm oh. um and and it's not it's not a big deal he's not totally destroyed by anything it's just annoying and i can tell it's starting to make him feel a little insecure about it. Like at one point he thought my hair was really cool. And now he's starting to ask what's wrong with me. What's wrong with my hair? Like, why mm -hmm. are people making fun of it? It's such a small example, but when I tried to love on him the other day and tell him how much I loved him and you're perfectly made in God's image. And you know, there's nothing that could ever in my mind make you seem unperfect. And like, I love you. He got all mad and squirmy and like i'm never talking to you about this again and like he was upset that i was like loving on him because i was almost <laughs> making him feel like there's something wrong with him and like he needs his mm. extra dad love and i was like bro there's nothing wrong with you i'm just reminding you i'm in your corner i'm your dad i'm your friend i love you and there's something with him in that moment that's like, I don't want to just surrender to my dad's love. Mm. I don't want to just admit I'm feeling a little bit down and I like need my dad because he's an adolescent. He's growing in pride. I don't need my dad. Like I'm a cool kid, but don't we feel that way towards God a lot, mm, man, especially if we're a prideful person and we're feeling shame. It's like, I don't, I don't want to say I need God. I don't want to surrender to him. I don't want to cry to God. I don't want to melt in God's presence and let him fill me because then that feels so out of control. Like now I'm even more surrendered. I'm even more shameful. Like I'm weak. I need God. Now I'm a total lost cause. And it's the counterintuitive reality of the gospel. No, you're not. You are now falling into the safety net of God where he mm. can overflowingly pour his love into your life. Wow. And we won't surrender. Man, there you go. That's it. I mean, that's a really great vista, man. I, I feel like <laughs> the funny thing about this podcast, we're realizing it as we go, but I'm sitting here thinking like, man, I really need to preach and teach and explain the surrender, the upside down nature of surrender in a crazy tumultuous world, in a, in a side of war and a side of I'm better than you. I'm one up. And I'm like, you know what? I surrender. And it's in the surrender that love for neighbor, love for God, love for the purposes of the world, just to grow insanely in your life as you surrender. 
you know? Well, um, it's that cliche in the worship songs, like let God fight your ba- battles, mm-hmm. which to someone who's not familiar with faith or Christ is like, let God fight my battles. Okay. What does that mean? But what mm-hmm. you're getting at is that like, when you think about one of the most all time read books, art of war, um, the idea is never to surrender, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's how to like cunningly and craftily beat your enemy. Um, but what we're saying in the kingdom is like surrender to the war, surrender to the battle, surrender to the enemy and let the king win. Mm-hmm. Let, let the greatest warrior win. And that's just give him more room, give him mm-hmm. more presence. And the way you surrender is through prayer. It is through meditation is through repentance. Oh man, I'm starting to take up control again. I'm starting to become more fearful again. I'm going to actually turn around and confess that and let God in and make more room for God. And so, yeah, when, when you're talking about preaching that I'm feeling that too, I'm like, is this the word for the rest of 2021 is like yeah. every Bible study, every message is about surrender in these different areas. Like if you want to win and you want to come out full of the Holy spirit in this season, you better mm. surrender. Yeah. And if you're not a Christian and you want to win and you want to become a mm. person that's thriving, you better surrender. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I invite you into that place. It, you know, um, maybe this is our last thought here uh, and we can close um, and I'll, I'll kick it back to you to close. But, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien, he, he uses this uh, literary kind of trick. And, you know, so we have the word catastrophe, right? Just everything falls apart, right? He's got this, he, he calls it you catastrophe, right? Where it's a, it's, it's an, a, it's an event that happens that's joyous. And all throughout the Lord of the Rings, it's the Riders of Rohan. It's Gandalf coming over the cliff at, uh, at Helm's Deep. It's uh, all these like moments where everything is about to fall because you have to surrender and you think it's all over. And then this you catastrophe, you know, this, this, this moment happens where you didn't lose. You know, it, God came through you know, and he delivered and we don't know why. And it's not because we're so special. It's because he's so good, you know, and, you know, you thought you were going to be drowning in your shame. You really thought, you know, you know, Helm's Deep was going to fall, you know, and right at that moment, you know, you know, and I wonder if that's the good news for people to say, you know what, it's okay. We, We can surrender and we can trust that God is faithful. Amen, bro. All right. Well, hey, leave us comments uh, under this video on YouTube. Let us know what you're thinking, how you would talk about the good news in this age. Our hope with these um, episodes is just to stir the pot um, in all the ways that stir the pot is associated uh, or all the connotations. Like we want to get you thinking. We want to get you agitated. We want to create imagination. Uh, We are not the final word. We are not the first word. Mm -mm. Um, We just hope that this would help you become a better A, P, or E. And if this increases evangelism, I think we're doing a good job. We're We're doing what we're called to do. And so let us know what you're thinking, what you're uh, learning, what you're trying. You can always email me at bo at releasetheape.com with your thoughts or questions. Put it in the comments below. And um, hey, blessings to all of you. Go be bold. Go go share yes. the good news. Go go talk to news. people about Jesus and how surrendering to Jesus would be the best thing they could do in 2021 if they want to be full of life. 
Um, so with that, peace out. Love you guys.